So this is, I'm just going to just start taking notes on my observations of this uh, series on uh, Netflix, Squid Game. So many, like, messages here. Like, I was, like, writing notes the entire time, and I thought, well, let me just go back and sort of, like, add my notes as it's going on just to see if there's any additional kind of observations that come out. And right now I was at the scene where, um, I gotta get the characters' names right. I'm just gonna say where the older man, it's between the older man and the younger man, the main characters, player 456 and player 001. And so player 001, you know, he picks the marble up and he looks at it, you know, like from a distance and he goes like, how pretty. And I thought, wow, that's where I felt like maybe like the analysis can begin there. Like this whole like thought experiment, like this like work of fiction trying to explain some of these like bigger messages in a way that is like understandable and like digestible and in some ways some of the concepts are so far out there it's like the only way you could possibly even try to explain it is through the use of like is like creatively almost like saying fiction because I mean you know you can't prove it you know through any of the traditional laws of physics or anything like that but you know through this thought experiment, you're like, wow, this could possibly happen kind of thing. And so I'm just going to try to use this um, squid game as my like, kind of like um, proof, so to speak, of, of, of the possibility of this um, theory, I guess hypothesis. I don't know the distinction. I'm not a math per I'm not a science person, but I'm just going to say I have this idea like how to approach this creatively. And so I'm going to let the scene play. Oh, wait. All right, let me back up a little bit. Okay. So, all right. So I just wanted to capture like what that scene is. All right. Stop right there. <laughs> So I captured a little clip of what I was referring to. It's when the old man lifts the marble up and holds it like at a distance and he looks at it and just says, how pretty. And so here's my stab at trying to fictionalize that. <clears throat> and this you have to just close your eyes and use your imagination. But so what I realize is that Sometimes these like people who have what they perceive as like visions or dreams um, about this sort of other world or these other this other existence, it's like so much of it is just so far fetched and outlandish. It's like the only way to explain it is just creatively using art fiction, things of that nature. And so my contribution to that is, all right, so, <clears throat> excuse me, people who are so eager and anxious to, let's say, see aliens and communicate with so-called aliens, it's like 
that scene to me was so poignant to try to get people prepared to understand what you're asking and what you're sort of, what type of realization you need to have. Because it's like, all right, well, using that scene as an analogy, imagine that in that moment, that old man, excuse me, is like an extraterrestrial being. Imagine that he is from like a place or a dimension that is where whatever it is that they're doing over there, their intelligence is at a different level than what it is here on earth. So imagine that that old man is like representative of that otherworldly, that other intelligence. And then imagine that that marble, that little tiny thing that he's kind of holding at a distance and admiring and saying how pretty, like imagine that's the earth. And imagine that that is what a dis- the discovery of earth looks like to a so-called alien being. It's like it is just that small. It is just that small. It's like such that every everything that we have come to know as earth could fit within their world as if that marble was suspended in like his hand like you could fit it in the palm of your hand and I feel like part of the reason why these messages have to be conveyed like almost like cryptically and you know um, told in parables and you know talked about in different kinds of ways is because like the sheer magnitude of that is so beyond human comprehension of what that means. It's almost like that level of knowledge and information and insight is like, that's why it's like withheld. I mean, because that could feel really scary for a lot of people and it could be disruptive. I mean, it could be like, I feel cosmic disruptive, (laughs) you know, if that realization is reached, you know, prematurely or simultaneously before people are prepared to have that realization. So I just felt like there's just so many more really powerful messages like that, like just like infused within this story, which, you know, I was really reluctant to watch this because I don't like violence. I don't even like pictures of it in my mind, you know, but for some reason I was drawn to it. I was drawn to watch it because I felt like, um, you know, it was, there was something about it. Again, I was just drawn to it. And so I'm, I'm glad I watched it, but I'm especially glad that I watched it all the way through to the end from start to finish. Just a few moments ago, I had been thinking about doing this for a while, but I just, a few minutes ago, actually kind of like sat down and committed to doing it. But, you know, I was just thinking back to the beginning, the very beginning of this uh, trajectory that I just completed. And, you know, people, names, businesses started to come to mind. And, 
I had been thinking about for a while trying to create a visual for myself to kind of like to compartmentalize all of that and to kind of like contain it so that it would no longer consume my thoughts and my life and my actions and decisions. And so just a minute ago, you know, I just took out, took a piece of paper, cut it up and, you know, to smaller squares. And I just started writing the names of the businesses, the people, corporations that I felt had been profoundly and deeply unfair and unjust and uh, really detrimental, not just to me, but people like me and people similarly situated. It was just so impactful to me that I felt like, you know, I I just want to distance myself from this whole trajectory. How do I do that? And visuals have just always been really powerful for me. I mean, they just have worked. And so I sat down, you know, with the paper, wrote the names on that paper, each one individual, and I wrote it on the piece of paper, and then I folded it up into smaller squares. And I did that for as many instances that I could remember. Then I took out this... um, it was a container. I started looking for a container and I happened to find this uh, blue one <laughs> that I used to use for my tea. And it was deep. It was like a long cylinder, you know, so it was like deep and, you know, the <laughs> it just so happens it was pretty tall. And so once I folded up the squares and put them in the, um, in the container, they kind of sank to the bottom. And I thought, wow, yet another really powerful visual. And so I did that, and after I did that, I put the lid on, and then I took out another piece of paper, and I wrote down my kind of like bigger picture vision, and I wrote that bigger picture vision, um, in the sh- and I wrote it down, and I did that in the shape of a circle, on the shape of a circle, and then I taped the name of the bigger picture vision, I put, so, you know, to summarize, I put, wrote the names down on a piece of paper, folded those um, names into smaller squares, put them in the cylinder, um, and then I put the cap on, and then I put a label, basically, on the top of the cylinder, and I gave it the name that resonates for me. It's the name that kind of, like, encapsulates my bigger vision of, of what I, I see the point of this whole exercise, And I put that on top and then I put the lid on. I put the lid on and I was like, you know, again, my way of visually compartmentalizing. And then it made me think, I was like, you know, you know, it's like just wanting to say like, it makes you kind of wonder like, is my name in somebody's box? (laughs) You know, you know, make, I really start to rethink my own life and to say like, Have I, you know, made amends with all the situations I myself was an instigator in? I myself was a part of, you know, and wondering, have I done something so, you know, unjust to someone that they might want to write my name on a piece of paper and put it in a cylinder or put the lid on, you know, as me representing something that was harmful or hurtful, um, inconsiderate in some sort of way, you know, it made me think about that. It made me think like, you know... 
at a minimum in life don't end up on a piece of paper, you know, in somebody's negative energy cylinder, you know? And so anyway, but the interest, more interesting thing from my perspective is, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think I have done anything that even comes close to what some of these individuals did to me and others. It, it doesn't even come close. So I'm not trying to bolster myself at the expense of others. I am also, though, trying to be realistic in my assessment and to say some of their behavior was just profoundly egregious. And I don't recall an incident where I have would be regarded as being that have have behaved that way towards someone. You know, maybe, I mean, you know, we're only human. Certainly, I believe that we've all made, well, at least I will admit for myself, I've made decisions that I regret, certainly, especially when those decisions have resulted in other people feeling hurt. So I certainly regret that. But I do not believe that I have engaged in deliberately damaging behavior. You know, I don't regard myself as a person that intentionally intentionally or recklessly tries to harm other people. So I do place these people in a different category for myself. And I feel really okay about that. I really feel okay about distinguishing my own human behavior from theirs. Because I do believe that the behavior that they have engaged in goes above. It's like next level kind of like um, just wrong. I mean, I'm just going to say wrong. Um, So anyway, so I, I did that. And, you know, interestingly enough, afterwards, I started to feel just like a little bit better. It's like a little bit better. Like it gave me like a little boost and I feel like, well, you know, that's how you spark a new timeline. You know, it's like those timelines have to kind of like emanate from somewhere within you. And in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe that's what I needed to do because I would sit there and sometimes ruminate over those experiences and think about like, how did this happen? Like, why did this happen to me? And why did it continue to happen to me? And I just concluded, I really did. I concluded that there's no way that these things happen like randomly. Like it certainly feels purposeful, you know, and I'm still trying to think and meditate and pray over what my role is and, you know, my interactions with these people like what what it what is the mission here like what's what's the purpose like what 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 am i supposed to gather from these experiences like i have ideas about my own personal learning that occurred from these experiences but throughout that into- those experiences i've always felt that there was a bigger message i've always really strongly felt that there was some other really much bigger message that needed to come through and, you know, I still don't know how that is. Like some of the message I feel messages I feel pretty clear about, you know, but others I'm like, how, how, how do I deliver this? Like, what's the forum? Like, what's the audience? Like, how do I speak to these matters? Like, how do I do that? And so I'm just going to leave it there because that's as far as I've gotten. But it did feel like it really did feel like a positive step forward. It felt like, you know, I have really concluded for some time that that timeline needed to end it. Like that trajectory in my life needed to come to a conclusion. And I feel like I've certainly have felt within the past, really recently, like week or so, like there is a a new window of opportunity opening up, which I am really, really proud 
um, to take uh, that step and feel really good about it. Um, but I was still grappling with the things that had happened over the course, you know, uh, of my professional career, really, really grappling with that and wondering, like, how how did I end up in that position? And, you know, obviously, I mean, I certainly know, you know, I, they're a result of my own decisions. And I totally get that. Like, I get that. I take ownership over the, the decisions that I made to lead me to that point. But at the same time, I'm still wondering if there is a bigger message that needs to come forward as a result of me going through those experiences, you know, because I think so many times in life we have these experiences and we just move on to the next, you know, and all of that learning is buried. You know, I always think, well, whatever experience you went through, no matter how painful, even tragic, you know, I'm always really admire people who are able to speak to those experiences in a way that they can help other people to touch someone else's life. And I think that's really my ultimate goal, how to transform those experiences into something positive. Even though they were not positive experiences for me, you know, the positivity to be gained from those is, can I speak to those experiences in a way to help someone else avoid them or to at least navigate them in a different way?